Hello and welcome to episode 23 of CFFC, A Tactical View, where we take a deeper look at the on-field tactics of the Chicago Fire Football Club. My name is Chapin Zeal. I appreciate you joining me today. If you haven't done so already, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave me a rating and a review. Uh, It helps grow the podcast, get it out there to more Chicago Fire fans and more MLS fans. Also, subscribe to it. That way, uh, each time a new episode comes out, it automatically pops up in your library there. Make sure to also share it with a friend. Finally, if you give me a five-star rating and leave a review, I will read it out here on the podcast and give you a personal shout-out. Unfortunately, it has been a while since I've gotten to do that on a on an episode here, so... There are only going to be a couple more episodes left of the season, so make sure you get it in before it's too late. So, we are going to roll the clock back a little bit and look at September 10th, where the Chicago Fire took on Inter-Miami up at SeatGeek Stadium. Starting lineup for the Fire is Gaga in goal, per usual, Sekulic, Tehran, Shihos, and Navarro right to left. Federico Navarro and Maurizio Pineda as the holding midfielders, Brian Gutierrez, Shakiri and Mueller as your more attacking midfielders, and John Duran as the number nine. So digging right into the match, we are going to get into it in the 13th minute. The Fire have won a corner and they play it to the near post to John Duran. Bounces inside of the box. Sekulich is able to able to control it and take a left-footed shot from about six yards out. It gets deflected off of the crossbar, and Miami are able to clear the ball. So nothing comes of it initially, but good attacking play from the fire. Um, Good, good, you know, as I've said several times throughout the season, they do a good job coming out early. Getting a lot of pressure on the on the defensive line and the keeper. So then rolling ahead just a few minutes into the 16th minute. The Fire have earned another corner. Miami are able to clear that ball. Fire win it back through Mauricio Pineda on the left-hand side. He dribbles into the penalty box, centers it for Duran. Takes a left-footed shot. First time wide left of the goal. Took the shot from about 15 yards out. So... As usual, Duran is is very active. He's he's putting a lot of a lot of work in. He's um, getting into good scoring positions. Just nothing nothing as of yet coming off for them. So we roll ahead a little bit more into the 30th minute. Fire uh, having a little bit of quality possession in their final third. The ball ends up with Shakiri about 14 yards out. Takes a left footed shot. Gets blocked and goes out for the corner. Nothing comes of the corner, but again, good good pressure. They're, they they dominated possession most of this match. Uh, got quite a few shots away. Several of them were blocked or off target, but putting a lot of pressure on on Miami and keeping keeping their defense honest. So then in the 36th minute, Fire are needing to play a little bit of defense here. Miami played a ball across the face of goal. Thankfully, no one was on the end of it, and it went all the way through. Now, on that initial initial play, 
uh, Miguel Navarro made a really nice slide tackle, knocked the ball away, but unfortunately he got up and then just stood and watched as Miami recontrolled the ball and then played the ball in into the penalty box. So, you know, about over halfway through the over halfway through the first half, and maybe a little bit of lack of energy or lack of concentration, but something that needs to be tightened up to to make sure they they continue on a good track. Because up to this point, Miami had not really been threatening whatsoever. So. That that little bit of a scare for me personally, uh, I think, was enough to get uh, Navarro up off his up off his tush and back into the game a little bit quicker than than he did in this instance. So then, just a few minutes later, 39th into the 40th minute, the Fire are building out of the back. They work the ball from right to left and back over to the right, getting into the Fire's attacking third. Gutierrez has the ball in the right-hand channel. He plays it out wide to Sekulich, making an overlapping run along the sideline. Puts the ball into the penalty box, and it was deflected by the first defender, but Duran is able to to adjust his body in the air, get his head onto it, and get the ball onto target. It glances off the bottom of the the crossbar and into the back of the net to put the fire up 1-0 over Miami in the 40th minute. So as I said a few minutes ago, Duran he's he's really stepped up the the last several several weeks um, with with Shabilko not perf- not performing to his best and having some having some injury issues. So it's really good to see Duran, the 18 year old, coming coming in and and playing playing uh, maybe a little bit beyond his years with his ability inside of the box and on the counterattacks. So that's more or less how the first half ends, and we roll into the second half. In the 47th minute, Duran had a couple of couple of opportunities, took a couple of shots inside of the penalty box. The first one got blocked, and the second one he attempted was ended up being saved. So Similar to the to the start of the match, the fire are coming out coming out on the front foot, which is definitely where they need need to be going into this match if they want to have any chance of making the playoffs. So then into the 63rd and 64th minute, the fire are in possession. They end up winning a free kick on the left hand side in their in their attacking third. They play it short, work the ball to the back, and go left to right, back to left, and then all the way back over to the right-hand side with Gutierrez. Just outside of the penalty box, he plays the ball into the penalty box to Pineda, dribbles to the end line, uh, puts the ball across the face of goal. Unfortunately, the ball makes it all the way through as no one was on the end of it there in the middle of the penalty box, but Shakiri is at the far post and he collects it, takes a left-footed shot on a half volley from about six yards out and drives it into the back of the net to put the fire up 2-0 over Miami in the 64th minute. So at this point, Fire looking very good, uh, defensively sound, not letting many, many opportunities develop, uh, not giving Miami many opportunities to get good shots away. So very, very pleased with them up to this point. 
In the 65th minute, we see our first couple of changes. Pineda comes off and Bornstein comes on. And Gutierrez comes off and Reynolds comes on. So then in the 75th and 76th minute, fire playing out from the back from a goal kick. Ball goes to Tehran and he plays it to Federico Navarro just outside of the defensive penalty box. He has a heavy first touch and turns the ball over on the right corner of that penalty box. And Miami play it to the left-hand side and back a little bit and then play the next ball into the penalty box. Tehran heads it out, but Miami are able to recover it. They touch the ball back into the penalty box and Federico Navarro makes an unfortunate tackle and the ref calls for a penalty. So it's been a complaint of mine through most of the season that a lot of the goals that the Fire give up are from recycled corners or from from crosses into the box that that they're able that the fire initially win but on the clearance they aren't able to clear it far enough away and and the opposition get another another chance at at goal or to put another ball into the box so nothing different here as in the 77th minute Higuain take, steps up to take the penalty Gaga goes left and Higuain slots it coolly into the bottom right hand side for a scoreline of 2-1 in favor of Chicago Fire. So then uh, another change in the 81st minute. Mueller comes off, Espinoza comes on, and that moves Reynolds over to the left so Espinoza can play on the right-hand side. In the 86th to 87th minute then, Miguel Navarro intercepts the ball in the Fire's defensive third on the left-hand side, and he plays the ball quickly forward to Duran, making a run in behind the defense. He dribbles into the penalty box, takes a left-footed shot low past the keeper's right-hand side to put the Fire up 3-1. Now, this is is maybe a, a rare moment where I am going to... Give Shakiri some credit for for some extra work that he did off the ball. He uh, on that on that run that Duran was making, he was a little bit more on the left hand side, a little bit down that left hand channel. And uh, Shakiri did a really good job staying central. Made a good hard sprint for for him with his with his leg issues and at his age, good hard sprint this late in the match. But he did a good job uh, on that run, pulling the last defender just a little bit away from Duran to give him that space to take the shot. Last defender wasn't sure with Shakiri's run, he wasn't sure if he should step up and press the ball, which if he did, Duran would play the ball to Shakiri and he would have an easy tap in, or if he stepped off to play Shakiri, Duran would have an easy shot at goal as he did. So credit to Shakiri in this instance for that run that he made. And that is more or less how the match ends with the Fire winning 3-1 over Miami and at this point in time keeping playoff hopes alive. Now looking at some stats, the Fire the fire did a really good job in, in uh, controlling the match. They had 53% possession compared to 47 which isn't a huge discrepancy, but they they had uh, they had fifty more passes or so 
than than Miami uh, completed passes. They had they were able to get a total of twelve shots off. Only four of them were on target. But when three of your four hit the back of the net, that is that's pretty good odds to to be able to win. And again, defensively, they were quite sound. Only allowed uh, six total shots, two of them on target. So so pleased to see and pleased to see them defensively being being sound minus the minus the the penalty error um but beyond that Tehran and Shehos have have looked a, a pretty good partnership through most of the season as Tehran has filled in for Amsberg so nice nice to see them playing well together and and um, Again, just not giving Miami many opportunities um, in terms of in terms of expected goals. They Miami had one point two, and the Fire had one point three. So some of the Fire's goals kind of came out of nothing, and their the the shots weren't the weren't your ideal ideal shot, and really the only opportunity that. Miami had was that penalty. So again, good good defensive um outing from the fire, good good goalkeeping outing from Gaga. And the main thing at this point is Chicago Fire playoffs hopes are still alive. So now we move ahead just a few more days to September 13th where the Chicago Fire took on CF Montreal up in Montreal. And the fire came out with a lineup of Gaga and Goal, Sekulich, Tehran, Shehos, and Miguel Navarro across the back line, Maurizio Pineda and Jonathan Bornstein filling in for Federico Navarro, who was out for yellow card accumulation. Uh, as your holy midfielders, and then Gutierrez, Shakiri, and Reynolds filling in for filling in for Chris Mueller. Who was out at this point with a right hip injury, and then you had, as usual, John Duran filling in at the number nine. Um, Shabilko's been again. Duran came in a few weeks ago, a couple months ago at this point with Shabilko not performing at his best, but in this match and the last match, Shabilko has been dealing with some back injuries, so Duran gets the start once again. So, first 15 minutes of the match, it was fairly even. The Fire, with an early opportunity, they had played a ball over the top to Reynolds on the left-hand side, played it across the face of goal. No Duran in the penalty box. Unfortunately, Gutierrez was unable to catch up to it at the far post. Uh, Montreal had a couple of quality counterattacks down the fire's right hand side which has been a a big problem for the fire in my opinion my eyes it's been a big problem for the fire is that defensive right hand side Sekulich uh, was way out of position at times um he's he's been someone I've complained about quite a bit and Gaga was forced into one easy save uh but nothing too concerning now, one thing I found interesting, which I had, I don't feel like I've seen them, seen them playing them quite like this, but the fire and their goal kicks. So Gaga has the ball up on the six yard line and Shehos and Tehran are actually standing behind him. 
um, out, out wide, but behind him back on the end line. And he, Gaga would always play it back to Shehos. Uh, and then the Montreal attackers would step up and start pressuring him, and they would look to play through from that point. So I found that interesting. I've been seeing it more and more throughout MLS and throughout the Premier League and La Liga, different different leagues throughout the world, that um, a lot of clubs are starting to play their goal kicks actually backwards to their center backs, which, again, is interesting so now we look at the 17th minute. Gaga plays a long ball for Reynolds along the left-hand side. And as he is running back towards midfield, he's keeping an eye on the ball, doesn't realize that a Montreal player is jumping up into the air trying to get his head onto it, and they collide with each other. Reynolds goes down. The Montreal player goes goes down. Uh, they're both down for a couple of minutes. Um, and in the 19th minute, Reynolds is actually shown a yellow card for undercutting the Montreal player as he was in the air. He was quite upset, and he used a few words that on a family-friendly podcast I am not going to repeat. Um, but I, I can understand where he was coming from. He had his eye on the ball the whole time. He didn't know uh, that the Montreal player was was right there and in the air. Um, so I can understand where where his frustration would come from, but I can also understand why the ref would why the ref would give a yellow because it in the end, though he didn't know what exactly what was behind him, it ended up being a, a rather dangerous play with both players. Lucky to come out with it um or come away from it without any any type of injuries. So then in the 21st minute, Montreal have a corner. She hosts, heads it to the edge of the box. Montreal, Montreal are able to collect the ball, put a little ball into the penalty box center, and their attacker side slash back heals it. A little bit hard to see exactly what part of the foot he used, but it was a slick little little play. Puts it low to Gaga's right, and Gaga moves left to cover the initial ball into the penalty box. But before it is given, the VAR calls down to check for a possible offside during the the buildup on the uh, the recycled corner kick. Which, as I said in the about the last match, that is where the Fire give up a lot of their goals is on recycled corners and uh, recycled set pieces and just balls into the box in general that are not fully cleared. So after a check, though, it is confirmed that nobody was offside and the goal did stand to put the Montreal up 1-0 over the Fire. So... Starting off, starting off a little rough. Uh, Twenty-three minutes in, and and they're down in a match that they that they need to win if they want to realistically have a chance for the playoffs. So then, just a couple minutes later, Shakiri takes a free kick from the right hand side, about ten yards in the fires attack in half. He puts the ball into the penalty box. Shehos is rises up to get his head on it. But unfortunately, it was straight at the keeper and easy for him to collect. 
It's not anything I was necessarily expecting when Shehos came into the side, but he's looked quite dangerous on, on corner kicks and set pieces inside the penalty box. Unfortunately, though, this time nothing comes of it. So into the 29th minute, Montreal play the ball into the penalty box after a good spell of possession. Tehran heads it out to Reynolds, and he lays it back to Bornstein, who then turns the ball over. Montreal pass to the edge of the penalty box, take a right-footed shot past Gaga's left as he goes diving, and he is unable to make the save. To put Montreal up 2-0 over the fire in the 29th minute, Broken record uh, again, but recycled corner kicks, recycled balls into the box. The fire, the fire have just looked poor on, in those situations. In this instance, they they again they headed it out. They collected the ball. They were in possession, and then a bad touch from Bornstein immediately turns the ball over and and the fire are are a little bit out of position they're a little bit spread out so it's a it's something that they definitely need to get squared away in these last few matches and looking forward to next season so then just a minute later though Duran is in on goal he has two Montreal defenders close him down takes a shot over the goal Reynolds was calling for the pass on the far post. It would have been a tough angle for Duran to get the pass through, but maybe that would have been the better option uh, considering that he had two defenders closing him down and could not get the ball on target. I'm no, <laughs> I'm no striker, and I'm watching it, you know, obviously hindsight and everything, but... Perhaps Reynolds had, had a point as as he was calling for it. So then into the 38th minute, Shakiri plays a ball over the top to Duran inside the penalty box. The Montreal keeper comes off his line and collides with Duran. Referee immediately blows for a penalty. So then in the 39th minute, Shakiri steps up for said penalty. Puts it low and to the right. Keeper goes the correct way and gets a fingertip to the ball. But unfortunately, there for him anyway, there was too much power on the kick. And the ball ends up in the back of the net for a scoreline of 1-2 to two in favor of Montreal. At least the fire are, are on the board at this point. They haven't looked terribly terribly threatening up to this point so it's it's you got to get your goals one way or another and thankfully for Shakiri he is taking taking penalties and he has scored most of his goals off of penalties so into the 43rd minute then there was some good interplay with Shakiri and Reynolds and Miguel Navarro on the left hand side Reynolds plays a ball across the face of goal. Montreal are able to win it and clear. While Duran commits a foul inside of the penalty box, giving Montreal a, a free kick at that point. So then into the 44th minute, Montreal have a throw-in on the Fire's right-hand side in the Fire's defensive half. Montreal turned the ball over. Shakiri plays it to Bornstein, who just as a few minutes ago turns the ball right back over to Montreal in the center of the pitch in the Fire's defensive half. 
Montreal may uh, have a quick attack at that point, just a couple of passes and play a through ball to the left-hand side right at the edge of the penalty box. Shot from about 11 yards out to the far post to put Montreal up 3-1 over the fire in the 44th minute. So that is the second goal in about, what is that, about 10 minutes? Uh, 15 minutes or so. About 15 minutes where where Bornstein turned the ball over and Montreal were immediately just after one pass on, on both instances um, are able to score. So again... I hate to keep repeating myself, but some some things are worth repeating. You cannot you can't win the ball in your defensive third and then immediately turn the ball over and expect not to give up any goals. Um it's been as I've said, it's been something that the fire have been very, very poor at um retaining possession in the defensive third and building up out out from the back at that point. They they are all season they've they they'll head it out opposition wins goal. Uh they'll they'll head it out one pass, opposition wins it goal. So it's something that's been very frustrating and unfortunately when I see that see that the opposition win the ball from a header like that or a quick turnover, I I immediately put my head down and expect the worst. So then in the, there's a several minutes, six minutes of, of injury time at the end of the first half from, you know, the couple of VAR checks, the several goals being scored. And after Sekulich plays a terrible cross into the box, the commentators were talking about, uh, not everything needs to go wide. They, cause uh, in this instance, the ball was inside of the penalty box. Uh, kind of in the left-hand channel or the right-hand channel, and the ball got played outside of the penalty box for Sekulich to play a, again a terrible cross in, where there were opportunities to prior to them playing it out to Sekulich. You can slip balls through. Um, you can have different passing combinations inside of the penalty box. I've said it several times. It's been a couple of weeks since I've really said it, but with Mueller and Shakiri getting a good understanding of each other and Navarro making those overlapping runs and even inverted runs at times, I have complained about it all season to where it's they get into the attacking third, out wide, cross it into the box. Attacking third, out wide, cross it into the box. Where they do have... Granted, obviously, from the standings, they are not the best team in Major League Soccer, but they have better players than than um, that type of that type of attacking third play. So then, into the second half, fifty fourth minute, VAR are checking for a penalty as Duran was pushed down inside of the penalty box in the fifty third minute, um, which. Montreal, the Montreal player who did it, it was a uh, completely boneheaded play. The ball was was not even getting played in, and Duran was getting under the under the skin of the de- skin of the defender, and the defender 
I mean, more or less just pulled him down. Ball was nowhere near him. It was a ridiculous, ridiculous play. So 55th minute then, ref goes over to the monitor. And a minute later in the 56th, he calls for a penalty. And Montreal was not happy with the call and ends up showing a yellow um, to the offender, the foul offender for dissent. So then in the 57th minute, then Shakiri steps up to take the penalty. This time he goes to the left. Keeper went right again. And it was a, a really quality uh, penalty. Had a lot of power behind it. It went uh, into the upper half of the goal. So even if the keeper had, had guessed the right way, I don't feel there was any chance for him to save it. So we are looking at a scoreline now of 3-2 in favor of Montreal. Into the 68th minute then, the Fire have a decent spell of possession, something that they weren't terribly used to in this match. So the ball gets switched over to Reynolds on the left-hand side in the Fire's attacking third. He plays it back to Miguel Navarro, making an inverted run in the channel. And he plays a through ball back to back to Reynolds, making a run in behind the, the Montreal defense, who then plays a ball across the face of goal. Keeper gets a fingertip to it, and Montreal are able to able to clear it. It's unfortunate that the Montreal keeper was able to able to knock it away because Gutierrez was making a nice run at the far post and had the ball gotten all the way through to him. There is no doubt he would have, unless he would have totally, totally blundered it, it would have been a goal for sure. So then into the 80th, 80th minute, uh, Casas comes on and Bornstein goes off. Espinoza comes on and Reynolds comes off and Espinoza goes to the right hand side and moves Gutierrez over to the left. So then, not much more action at this point. In the 84th minute, Tehran gets a yellow card after kicking the ball away after it goes out of bounds. And he is out for the next match uh, for yellow card accumulation. It's been something that they got under control for a while, but it was definitely an issue in in the first uh, maybe third of the season or so where the fire are getting yellow cards for for just boneheaded plays and and dissent and instances where if you just turn and walk away you're not going to get a yellow card I understand you're going to get yellows for uh for instance when Reynolds got his earlier in the match stuff like that happens when you when you go to make a slide tackle and you're you're a split second late you're going to get a yellow card. That stuff I don't have an issue with. It's it's when the ball is clearly out of bounds and you kick it kick it away slowing down the restart that is a yellow card offense. So things like that have definitely affected the fire all season. And so now into the 87th minute, the last change of the match, Bezerra comes on and Sekulich comes off. And that is how this one wraps up with Montreal winning 3-2 over the Fire. And although the Fire playoff hopes at this point, at this point in time are still alive, they are dwindling more and more.
Um, it was it was a match that was totally dominated by Montreal, other than again about the first fifteen twenty minutes. Uh, in my eyes, it was it was pretty level at that point. Um, now Montreal were were more attacking, but but the fire the fire again they didn't look out of place. They didn't look uncomfortable with any of any of Montreal's attacks. It was basically uh, from from the time that first Montreal goal went in that they they started to to look like they were struggling quite a bit um so disappointing disappointing result and i mean out outside of outside of Shakiri's two goals the fire didn't really didn't really look terribly threatening themselves um outside of outside of those those two penalties their only real opportunity was was in the in the 30th minute with Duran going in on goal and Reynolds out to the left-hand side with the shot going off target so as i've said in the past about other other matches though the fire scored two goals their their attacking play was was quite was quite toothless not much um not much creativity not much accuracy when they when they were able to get shots away the frustrating thing though is Montreal was only expected to their expected goals were only 1.1 1. 1. um so that is that's frustrating when you when you give up three goals and the opposition's only expected to score one. But again, when you're turning the ball over in, in poor positions, you're gonna, you're gonna give up goals. Um, it's something that, it's something that they can, they definitely can clean up. They definitely need to clean up. Um, so it's, it's, again, though, it's, it's frustrating when, you don't give up very many good opportunities, but the opposition capitalizes on those opportunities. And in this match, the the fire gave up the opportunities. Montreal capitalized, and the fire unfortunately, again, were unable to to really capitalize on any any potential mistakes that that Montreal had made. So now we will roll the clock forward just a little bit more and take a look at September 17th where the Chicago Fire took on Charlotte FC up at Soldier Field. Starting lineup for this one is Gaga and Goal, Sekulich at right back. Kendall Burks making his first MLS start at right center back. She hosts and Navarro fill out the rest of the, of the defensive line. Federico Navarro back in the lineup and alongside Mauricio Pineda as the defensive midfielders. Gutierrez, Shakiri, and Mueller across the attacking midfield three and Duran once again in at the number nine. So action starts off quick. If you turned it on late, you may have missed it. In the third minute, Federico Navarro wins the ball back just inside of the Fire's defensive half. He plays it out to Mueller on the left-hand sideline, who then plays it inside to Shakiri, 
who then plays it all the way through to Gutierrez on the right-hand side, who then uh, lays the ball off for Sekulic on an overlapping run. He cuts it back to Gutierrez just inside of the penalty box, takes a right-footed shot, it gets blocked. Pineda collects it on the edge of the penalty box, takes a left-footed shot low to the keeper's left, and the keeper was stuck to his spot, didn't react to it. Ball finds the back of the net to put the fire up 1-0 over Charlotte in the third minute. So like I said, if you turned it on late, you probably missed it. Fire came out, front foot, looking to looking to, to really stamp their, their authority on this match. Because um, it's a match that if they want to make the playoffs, they absolutely have to win. So just a couple minutes later then, Gaga makes a save from the right-hand side, parries it into the center. Second shot was weak and straight at Gaga. And he collects it for an easy save. Um, the, the follow-up shot, again, was not, was not, was not, uh, very accurate, was not very, very strong, um, which thankfully it wasn't because if, if it was anywhere other than straight at Gaga with pretty much any type of power, um, it was going to be in the back of the net as Gaga was able to make the save while he was basically laying down on the ground. So then just a few minutes later into the 10th minute, Miguel Navarro has the ball on the left-hand sideline in the Fires defensive half. He plays a long ball up over to Duran in the Fires attacking half. He gets in behind the defensive line 1v1 versus a keeper. Attempts to chip the keeper, but the keeper is able to make the save. Uh, I don't know if he was in two different minds in this moment, but I don't feel like the chip was the best opportunity to score. Um, but that's all I'll, that's all I'll really say about that. I, I feel like with how well, without, with how well he has been playing and how well he has looked with his strikes, um, a, a chip was a cheap, uh, the cheap way to go. So then a little bit later in the first half, in the 30th minute, the Fire are playing out from the back. Gutierrez plays a ball over the top from their defensive half to Sekulic in the in the Fire's attacking half on the right-hand side, making a forward run. He pass the ball, passes the ball into the center to Duran. Takes a left-footed shot from the edge of the penalty box and curls it past a diving keeper to put the Fire up 2-0 in the 30th minute. So like I said just a minute ago with how well Duran is striking the ball, uh, a chip was was a a probably the worst option on the previous attempt that he had. But in this in this uh instance he he definitely makes no mistake and makes sure that the ball finds the back of the net. So into the 37th minute then Duran makes a tackle at midfield and he gets a yellow card. Tempers are are flaring up a little bit and none other than Federico Navarro is in the midst of the action. Um I've I've been complimentary of him all season. I think as as a defensive midfielder you kind of got to have that fire in your belly. 
you got to be willing to to step into into some of that action and and maybe do a little push and get pushed a little bit yourself. And what I find even more impressive is I don't have have all of the all 22 players heights uh but I feel like he's got to be, if not the shortest one, one of the shortest. So it's good to see him coming in and, and defending, defending his teammates and not, not afraid to, to scrap it up a little bit, especially since his yellow card accumulation has been cleared from uh, serving his suspension in the last match. So then into the second half in the 49th minute, Charlotte are in possession of the ball, and they play it into the Fires defensive half on the left-hand side. Get the ball into the penalty box. Fire are able to defend it, but unfortunately, Federico Navarro is unable to control it. Charlotte win the ball back, lay it back onto the edge of the penalty box with and take a left-footed shot. Lodagaga's right, and he's able to get his fingertips to it. But too much, too much power, too much accuracy behind it. And the ball hits the back of the net for a scoreline of two to one. So after some celebrations, after we're, after they're about to kick back off in the 52nd minute, VAR intercedes, uh, ref goes over to, to the monitor to, to check the, check the buildup. And they wave off the goal uh, because Burks, Kendall Burks ended up getting tackled inside of the penalty box on the initial ball into the box. Uh, he was, he was the, the, the fire defender who was able to touch the ball away to Federico Navarro. And in the process, he got tackled and so the ball or the goal was called off. So then into the 58th minute, the Fire have a quick buildup on the left-hand side. Miguel Navarro plays a low cross into the box. Duran is able to get on to the end of it, but unfortunately it, the shot ends up getting blocked and Charlotte are able to, to collect and clear the ball out. That would have been, just like in the first half, that would have been a good opportunity to, to score your goals when you get the chance. Um, but un- again, unfortunately did not come off in this instance. And it would potentially come back to, to bite the fire in the, in the bum. So into the 68th minute then. Charlotte are in the, in the fire's defensive half on the left hand side. They play across into the penalty box. Gets flicked all the way through to the right-hand side, and Charlotte are able to retain possession, take a shot at the near post. Gaga saves it and puts it out for a corner. So then on the ensuing corner, it gets played to the far post. The ball gets headed down into the penalty box by a Charlotte attacker. It gets controlled, and a shot on the half volley goes into the back of the net. For a scoreline of 2-1 in favor of of the Chicago Fire. Now on the on the initial ball from the right hand side into into the penalty box, there were there were some calls for for a handball. Um, it was 
it probably came off of his hand. It it was very hard to tell from the replay with where his hand was, if it came off of his hand or off of his head. But either way, um, up to this point, he had been having a having a pretty good match overall. But uh, Kendall Burks ended up being on the wrong side of the goal scorer um, as he controlled it inside of the penalty box. So, um, young player, you expect, especially in defense, if you if you have one mistake. Probably gonna score a goal from it, so you expect some growing pains. You expect some some issues with him in the back. Um, but again, up to this point, played a played a pretty good match overall. So just want to see see some better positioning on on some set pieces and and corners and that. So into the seventy second minute, then. Uh, Bezerra comes on and Duran comes off again. Shabilko is is still nursing that back injury, so not a lot of of depth up top. So we roll ahead just a few more minutes into the 75th and 76th minute. Charlotte have a corner. Mueller is able to clear the ball, but Charlotte once again regain it, and we all know where this is going. They play it all the way back to the keeper, play a long ball down the fire's left-hand side, and the ball nearly goes out of bounds, And uh, but it does not. And Charlotte are able to play a low ball into the penalty box. First time right-footed shot to got low and to Gaga's left. Hits the back of the net. So on that... On that long ball down the fire's left-hand side, as I said, it nearly went out of bounds, and there were there were there was only one player who who worked hard enough to make sure that it did not go out of bounds, and that was a Charlotte player, um, Federico Navarro, who was who was running back to to cover uh, Shehos and Burks. All relaxed as the ball and uh, neared the end line. I am assuming they all assumed it was going to go out of bounds. But again, Charlotte Charlotte did not. They kept kept running the the player who got on the end of the or got to the ball, got to it right as the ball was on the end line, got his head up, and there was only one player inside of the penalty box who was running, and that was a Charlotte attacker. Uh, ends up splitting Shehos and Burks as they as Shehos watches the ball go past him and Burks watches the attacker go past him and um, again ball hits the back of the net you got it you gotta be awake you can't you can't sleep especially defensively um, uh, against a team like Charlotte who who they're playing for their playoff hopes as well. So then into the 79th minute, Ivanov comes on and Gutierrez goes off. It is Ivanov's first appearance since July 14th. He has been having some injury issues for quite some time. So good to see him back on, even though it wasn't the longest appearance. Um, good to see him coming back on and getting some, getting some game time. So then into the 84th minute, uh, Shehos plays a long ball up to Ivanov, who then plays the ball into Shakiri. 
Takes a shot, but unfortunately, it was straight at the keeper and an easy save for him. So good opportunity towards the end of the match to to try winning it right at the death. And so we roll ahead a few more minutes into the 89th minute when as Reynolds comes on and Shakiri goes off. So then we hit 90 minutes and the the fourth official holds up the board and calls for seven minutes of stoppage time of injury time at the end here. And we will roll all the way into the 96th minute. Charlotte with the free kick and the Fires defensive half. They head it down inside of the penalty box and lay it just outside of the box. Take a left-footed shot. And it gets blocked. Charlotte regained possession and play a ball back into the box. It gets headed away by Miguel Navarro, who heads it only to the right-hand corner of the penalty box, and then they play it back in. That cross gets deflected, but Charlotte are able to get on the end of it still. Get a shot away. It deflects off the crossbar back into action. And then Charlotte once again are able to retain possession. Take another shot, and this one gets blocked again. And yet again, Charlotte are able to retain possession and get another shot away to the far post, low past uh, Gaga, who was able to get a touch on it. But unfortunately, the ball was able to sneak by him and find the back of the net. Now, on it was it was a bit of a scramble there. There were several several shots in a in a matter of about ten or fifteen seconds that Charlotte were able to get away. Um, as I've said, probably thirty times in this episode, recycled corner kicks, recycled free kicks, recycled uh, just crosses into the box. The fire all season have not done well defending them, have not done well clearing them. Sometimes you you need to put your boot through it and just knock it all the way upfield. Sometimes you and I know at this point you're you're defending desperately, you're you're trying to come away with the draw. So you're everyone's kind of scrambling around, but um just just if if that initial if that initial clearance or that initial shot blocked they're able to get out of out of danger then you know you never know where it's going to go <clears throat> but the they have a much better chance of not conceding a goal i will give credit though um swiderski who scored this goal he 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 had a very nice so the the final shot that got blocked it ended up deflecting right to him and he tapped it between his um his his feet two or three times and was able to turn so some really nice touches inside of the box to to create just enough space to get the shot away it wasn't the strongest shot but it was accurate enough and again just powerful enough to to sneak by gaga now i complained about him a wee bit uh in the first match but in this match uh, Boris Sekulic goes over to to cover the Charlotte attacker on their cross from the corner of the penalty box. 
and he steps in front of in front of the attacker, which is a good position to be in in between the the uh, attacker and the ball. But unfortunately, he forgot to continue marking him, and that that player was the the player to get the shot away who put the ball off of the crossbar. And again, from there it was it was kind of chaotic. But between between Miguel Navarro on his initial clearance attempt, attempt and Sekulic on on this uh, the defensive marking left both both instances and both players left a lot to be desired in the moment. So then we are able to play all the way into the 99th minute. The Fire are able to win a couple of corners right at the end and to try and tie it up. Uh, Gaga came up into the attacking penalty box to add that extra body. But unfortunately, nothing comes from either of them and the Fire go down 3-2 to Charlotte and they are no longer have any hope of making the playoffs. So... Disappointing, um, with two matches left to know that they're not going to make the playoffs, is going to make decision day when I go see them on October 9th a little bit less exciting knowing that there's nothing really to play for. And this this match was definitely um, a tale of two halves. It was the the fire playing really well in the first half. And having having the um, the majority of shots, and then come the second half, Charlotte Charlotte turned it on, and again they were they were playing for their their playoff hopes as well. So they they turn it around, and they end up with the majority of shots in the second half. Um, they they were not looking they were not looking to lose this match. They weren't looking to draw it. They definitely wanted to come out with a win. And the Fire, I won't say didn't want to win, but I, I feel in a lot of ways that they they were they were the second the second best team on the night. Um, playing at home at at Soldier Field. They they looked like the away team. Um, they ended up with only forty one percent possession, which is which is considerably lower than they normally have throughout the season. Um, so just disappointing. Charlotte uh, nearly doubled the amount of passes that the Fire completed. They had more shots on target. They Charlotte again looked like the home team on the night. Chicago didn't didn't look like they they had a full ninety minutes in them. Uh, missed several opportunities that they they probably should have scored again. Duran's chip and then um, just different different shots on that they that they had but were off target. Just um. Disappointing, disappointing in the end that they that they couldn't get couldn't get a result from this one, and in fact they ended up blowing a two nil halftime lead to to put themselves out of the playoffs. So 
Looking ahead, two matches left, no playoff possibilities. What what to expect? What to hope for? Um, we are going to look ahead right now to October first. Uh, MLS is on a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks break for international break. Uh, so October 1st, Chicago will go down to Cincinnati or out to Cincinnati or over, up, or wherever you're listening to this at uh, Chicago will be traveling to Cincinnati to play at TQL Stadium. My my wife and kids were there on decision day last season at TQL, and I will say it is an absolutely beautiful stadium. It was um, brand new last year. So that aside, kickoff is at 6.38. You can catch it on ESPN+, Plus, depending on where you live, as well as WGN-TV, depending on where you live and the Chicago Fire app. Now, again, it's not a must-win. I'd like to see the Fire win this. I'd like to see them win out their, the, the next couple of matches to show a little bit of progress uh, from last season to this season. And though, though Cincinnati are above them in the playoff standings, I, I do feel that this is a match that the Fire could potentially, could potentially win. Um, Charlotte... They score a ton of goals. They are the fifth highest scoring team in the league on 56 goals, but they also give up a ton of goals. They've given up 50 on the season. So they only have a goal differential of six uh, to where the fire, they're slightly better on, on their given up goals. They've only given up 45 but man, oh man, has been their problem all season. They just do not score. They've only scored 35, which is second worst in the league. Only worse uh, team is DC United with 34. So it's it's I've described it this way the last few episodes, but a toothless attack, especially as of late. So this match really and truly could go either way. Um, the interesting thing about Cincinnati and the thing that um, they they have not lost since July 17th. So they're going on, on two full months at this point of draw, draw, win, draw, 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 win, draw, win, win. And a couple of matches ago, they were able to beat Cincinnati. Or <laughs> Cincinnati was able to beat San Jose 6-0. Um, so again, they can score. They they have a, a few matches this season where they've put up 3-4 goals. But also they give up goals and they've given up several times 3-4 and four goals. So it's a match that I feel... The Fire can win. Um, they, they, Charlotte or Cincinnati bested them earlier in the season, two one. Uh, but again, it was a good match. It was a, a late winner by uh, Lucho Acosta to to give um, Charlotte the the victory or Cincinnati. I keep saying Charlotte. I got Charlotte on the brain. 
but to keep giving since or to give Cincinnati the victory on the night. So in terms of I lineups or anything like that, I would like to see um not necessarily a fully rotated squad, but get some of the players in who who you're gonna have so you just signed Gutierrez. He's on he's in in the club for the next the next several seasons. Give Reynolds the next couple of matches. Um get Bezerra on there a little bit, get Casas on there a little bit. Uh, you know, see what they're able to do. These younger players get them on who haven't had as many opportunities as um, a player such as Gutierrez, who has seen a lot of action this season. So I'd like to see a slightly rotated squad, but I'd also like to see the fire, you know, really, really push the last couple of matches. And though they cannot make the playoffs you can you can potentially be a spoiler um Cincinnati is only 3 points above Columbus who are sitting in 8th just below the line so you can spoil Cincinnati's hopes of making the playoffs so hopefully they come out with with a team that can that can win but at the same time keeping in mind that you don't have a whole lot to play for and over these next couple of matches, just see see who you can rely on a little bit for for next season, and uh, try to try to build off of the players that you currently know you can you can rely on. So once again, don't forget is going to be from from the uh, release date of this episode is going to be a l- couple of weeks. But Saturday, October 1st, the Chicago Fire take on FC Cincinnati. In Cincinnati at the beautiful TQL Stadium, kickoff at 6.38. And once again, you can catch it on ESPN Plus, WGN, and the Chicago Fire app, all depending on where you live. And finally, don't forget to like and subscribe, share, leave a rating and a review. Do everything you can to help me help me build this podcast. Um, I've enjoyed doing it all season, even though it hasn't the the results haven't always gone our way. I've enjoyed doing it. I'm gonna gonna finish strong with these last couple of weeks last couple of matches so I hope you guys will do the same and and keep giving me positive ratings and reviews so until next time go fire